London Property, home of Super Prime, where you can find informative, educational and entertaining content covering all aspects of property. Hello and welcome to London Property, the home of Super Prime. I'm your host Farnas Fazaipo and today we're in conversation with Tom Tangi, who is a very experienced property professional and we'd like to welcome him back to our show. Welcome to back. Thank you for having me. So Tom, please uh, tell us uh, how you see the current climate in the top end of the property market in London. It's, it's an interesting time at the moment because there's, uh, you know, there's very good reasons why dollar-based buyers should be looking avariciously towards the London market uh, because of the, the uh, discount. I, I did a, a stat recently on a 52-week high and low on the US dollar base uh, to the sterling. And actually at that time when the sterling was at 107 currently and the high was 138, that represented nearly 22.5% discount for US dollar based buyers to come to London. However, these things are very fluid. But overall, I think there are deals to be had. There are vendors who are keen to sell, but no one seems to be under any severe pressure. No one's hurting at the moment. So it's a lifestyle change. It's upsizing, it's downsizing, it's moving out of London, moving overseas or just going home. So it's a sort of steady as you go, um, but we are having to do far more viewings to secure any form of offer these days. It's, it's not like the frenetic year we had last year, which was far more frenetic. But the buyers are there and they want to do business and they're very well qualified. They're ready to, if they see the right thing for them, then they'll go for it. It's got to have more green tixes than red crosses. And if there's any form of don't like it, they'll just move on to the next one. It sort of feels like over the past five, six, seven years, we're getting very much used to this sit and wait situation. Yes. And you get to a point where, you know, we've all got to admit that sellers can often be comfortable enough to wait. Yes. And uh, as you say, it's it's the sort of need to move mm -hmm. business that's happening. Yeah. But it's interesting with what's going on with the dollar because, uh, you know, if stamp duty was was, was uh, a, a difficult pill to swallow, mm -hmm. now you're getting it in the currency uh, changes. Yeah. So, um, are you seeing any interest from 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 the US or? Yeah, um, in fact, the last number of viewings I've been doing have been with US based buyers. Either they're already here in the UK and have been renting, and now feel the time is right for them to jump in because you know, the currency swing is very much in their favour. Uh, we haven't seen as many euro-based bars because that actually hasn't really changed hugely, the rate between the um, uh, sterling and euro. You know, it's hovered around 113 to 115, a little bit higher in the summer, but you know, that's not as been as volatile as the, as the dollar base. So yeah, there are a few more of them about, um, and they, they, they still want to come to London. You know, London still has that sort of draw and that magnetism of pretty buildings, great places to go to see and eat and theatre and education. So yeah, they're here. It, it seems also that actually people are looking a bit more at Europe as a place to invest because of all these golden visas and yeah. tax incentives that are going on. We've, yeah. we've been looking into Italy and Greece. Mm -hmm. Portugal obviously is, is, is been, you know, in the headlines as well. But yeah. uh, I just wonder whether some of that investment that we were getting from foreigners wanting to put their money 
somewhere a bit more stable than some of the countries that they're coming from. Maybe some of that's being shared between us and Europe. I think Paris has always been a city of choice after London, um, again, because of the heritage. Um, Germany, perhaps not so. I, you know, it's, it, and there is some architectural pleasures in Germany, but France has more of, a, more of it. Um, Portugal has its advantages, certainly for tax, and I believe there's certain tax advantages for cryptocurrency dealing as well. So I think that's virtually tax-free, I think. Uh, you know, Lisbon is a very, very pretty city uh, as well. Uh, so they're there. They're, they're players in the market. Dublin, too. I mean, Dublin has boomed since it came out of its recession. Uh, it swallowed its pill, got on with it very, very quietly, and now is a booming city. It's a fascinating city. I was there not so long ago. And, you know, all the new build um, in commercial world is partly sponsored by being in the EU. Yeah, but that's another conversation to have another day, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. So are you seeing um, any investors looking at London for, for buy-to-lets, or do you feel that that's been slightly squeezed out? Yeah, it has been squeezed because of the stamp duty going in, the extra rates you know, overseas buyers have to pay, or equally if it's your second home or a, another home that you're buying. Um, so the, the, the associated acquisition costs are quite chunky. So that's taking a, um, a toll. Uh, and the tax regimes on, on the income on buy-to-let is not helping as well. Even the domestic buy-to-let buyer, um, yeah, they're, they're thinking hard. Some are actually off, offloading their properties. Some are even thinking, well, I'm, I'm actually going to change the whole modus operandi for me and I'm going to do buy to, uh, uh, Airbnbs on my properties. It's quicker. It's okay. It's more work. You know, from a management point of view, but you know, the returns are better. So yeah, buy to let is, is perhaps one of those things that is perhaps on the way out now, unfortunately. And people will still do it, but it's not as popular as it was and it's not the great return that it used to be. Well, actually, on the subject of Airbnbs, um, we're noticing a shift from really short-term mm -hmm. inquiries that these platforms are starting to accommodate longer-term inquiries, yep. okay. which then takes away a little bit of the mm -hmm. administrative process in doing a lettings transaction. If people yep. can actually walk in, take something for two to three months, I mean, they should really be taking them for three months because of all the planning yep. restrictions. And um, it's it's an interesting transformation because, you know, the thought of letting a complete stranger into your house... Yes. Would have been unheard of 10 years ago. Now people are just putting their keys in lockboxes and letting people in with, you know, pla I, I, platform credentials. I do know of one or two people who are actually doing this in their own principal residence as well. They've got perhaps a big house where you know, they've had large family and the kids have all gone. <clears throat> and they may have two or three spare bedrooms, perhaps even on a different floor in the house. And so there is a thought that we will do this, a bit like the old um, bed and breakfast arrangements. Um, I can see why doing something for a longer term base uh, over a two or three night stay, for example, is more attractive. It's less work. But it is a risk, I suppose. Um, but if you're doing it in your principal residence, if you, <coughs> if you have a, a specific property, then it's a slightly different mindset, I think. You know, it's detached from your home. They're not coming into your house. Um, you know, do a two or three month let. P 
people on secondment or whatever coming to the cities to to work. I can see that working, and it's cheaper than a hotel, uh, most certainly, and cheaper than the overnight rates for Airbnb. So I can see that being very popular, um, as people are far more mobile in the workplace these days as well. And. Uh- you know, during the pandemic or shortly after lockdown, we were all talking about how people were rushing to the countryside yeah, and, and leaving space. London. Yeah. And how's that settled? I always saw that as being a slight flash in the pan. Um, I live outside London. I and mean, when I used to do the daily commute and get up you know, in the dark and get home in the dark, you wouldn't see your house in, in, in daylight until the weekend. And you might not even see the kids. Uh, until you, you know, almost bedtime. So I could see that being in a very attractive oppos- uh, proposition in lockdown one, where we had that wonderful summer and, and it was great. You know, people were working from home and then as the officers began to call you back in, it was necessary to do the commute. And again, it was in daylight hours, but over the winter months, it's a grim journey to have to make when it's cold and it's damp and whatever. So I can see, and it is happening and it has been reported that people are now looking at smaller one and two bedroom flats to buy. They may try and rent for a while just to see how it works, you know, you know renting for three nights of the week and then you know, going home weekends or going home on a Thursday night and coming in on a Tuesday morning sort of thing. So that's become something that people are looking at again. They're, they're happy to have the house in, out in the country, but if he's or she have got to be in the office, then the pied-à-terre market is beginning to come back. Uh, and that's been recent, recently widely reported. So a change. And what about the bigger houses? What's, what's happening to those? Well, I think suburban London has done incredibly well. Uh, the leafier suburbs, they've had a phenomenal time and some big prices have been achieved. They tend to follow the London market to a certain extent. And so it's a bit of um, a slow reaction to what's going on at the moment, certainly in some of the suburbs, uh, for example, Wimbledon. There's a lot of property on the market for four or five million pounds, which is big money there. But then you are getting a big house, you know, on two stories with lots of garden, great schools, great shopping, the common, everything that you want. Uh, But there's a lot of them. So there is choice. And whilst that is quite commutable, if you go beyond the M25, uh, then it's a different story. There's still a lot of choice. and people will just take their time to find the right house because that will be a, almost like a forever move until such time as the place is too big for them to run and then we'll want to have something smaller. So that's a 15 to 20 year purchase. Um, so it has to be right. But, you know, it, it's, it, they're not flying off the shelves. Again, if it's the right property, then it will. If it's the pretty double-fronted Georgian house with roses around the front door, nice gardens, good position, not too far away from the motorway, but not so close that you can hear it, then, you know, tick, tick, tick. Um, if not, I'll wait and go and find the next one. Trouble is, of course, out there, people aren't under any pressure to have to sell again. It's a lifestyle change. So if they don't want to sell this year, they'll wait for next year. It, it sort of contradicts what I'm saying about prices. You know, I'm, you know, prices are holding because people are not under pressure. But what about in reverse, like the big houses in London? You know, who's looking at those? Um, there are a few big houses coming onto the market in the area uh, in Kensington and South Kensington. <clears throat> uh, they're trophy houses, and so you know, you're just not quite sure where your buyer's coming from. You would, you know, to any vendor, you would say, look, 
think about six to months to a year before we actually get this sold. So it'll take longer because the numbers are bigger across the board. You know, the twenty-five million pound house with all the associated buying costs are going to cost someone a lot of money, regardless of any currency swings. So it's you know, they, again, they have to make sure it's the right house because gone are the days when you could just say, well, I'll hold on to it for two or three years and then sell it at a profit. There's a house not far from here actually that was bought recently for quite a lot of money. The people six months in have decided they don't like it. And they want to sell it. You know, and they are they have it on the market, but yeah, they're going to lose a couple of million quid. Right. So it, the, the turnover, you know, you can't shove the price up just because you think you have you have the best house in the best street. We all think we have the best house in the best street because it's our home. But you know, quite frankly, it is. It's so open. The history of what someone has paid for a house is so, is there for everybody to see. You know, so uh, it's difficult to actually just buck the trend. You know, if, if market value is telling you one thing, but you want to ask that thing plus 10, 15%, you're going to be on the market for a lot longer than just a year. Right. And then I guess family houses are, the buyers are coming domestically from, from rentals. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people coming out of rental market now because rentals is just so expensive now. Uh, and, you know, and the last couple of viewings I've been out on have been people who have been renting for a couple of years thinking now, you know, uh, rents are just going north. Um, and we hear stories of things not being on the market for more than half a day sometimes before they have multiple offers on them. And so the competition is stiff. Uh, there's not enough supply on rentals. Um, so there are some people thinking, well, the capital values of the properties haven't really shifted hugely. Might as well, you know, take a, a, a deal and buy something for and hold that for five to seven years, which is the average in London. And to put my rental money into the mortgage. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and probably costing me a lot less, 50% less probably in some places. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it seems that uh, we, we are in uh, a situation where we probably need an update every four months <laughs> as to what's going on on the ground. Yes. So we look forward to welcoming you back again for another update. And thank you yeah. for sharing your insight because you've pleasure. had huge experience across various different sectors of the market. So you yeah. really do look at it from bird's eye view. Thank you. Uh, it's, well, look, it's a fun job. Uh, anyway, so it's it's nice meeting different people and seeing different properties. Every day is a surprise. Um, there are no, although the, a lot of people say there are no more surprises in this business. I think there will always be a surprise. You never know what you're walking into, what's behind that door. No, no two days have ever been no, the same. Never. And that's that's the beauty of it. No. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It was great to speak to Tom again and to listen to experts like Tom and our market updates and the Word from the Seat series. You can head over to your preferred podcast platform and listen to over 75 different masterclasses that we have on the platform. Thanks for listening to the London Property Podcast. Head over to londonproperty.co.uk and subscribe to our newsletter to receive latest updates.